Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is April 30th, it's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Massive slate, so I bring in the big guns, Boggs Light. How are you doing, my friend? I'm hanging in there, Stevie. You know, it's 2019, and I'm out here sweating Joe Panic and Brandon Crawford at bats uh, on the, the late slate tonight, and uh, tell you what, still can't watch it. Out here in the LA market, still can't watch my dog. Can't watch the Dodger games. Well, if it makes you feel any better, panic like singled as we started the podcast. So um, you're getting you're getting closer, right? Like he, he's probably going to get one more at bat. Like, yeah, you know. let's hope so. Need a little <laughs> bit more than a single, but <laughs> hey, single I, I run should... scored. Like you know, then then you only need a double instead of a triple, or you know. <laughs> yeah, my hopes aren't that high. All right, well, Boggs, I appreciate you joining me, my, my friend. We, we've um, we've been doing this a long time now, like, and it's it's always fun to have you on every once in a while. And you know, we don't do a lot of basketball, so the, really, the only time we get to chat is during baseball season and NBA All Star break. So, um, hope you're doing well, my friend. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over to check them out. It's FantasyDraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. If you go to the Rotor Grinders main page, you hit on the left hand side. There is a reviews button, and you can see all the great offerings the Fantasy Draft has. You can sign up through the links right then and there. Get three months of Roto Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft. So if you haven't already, check them out. Bunch of stuff going on over there. Uh, two pitcher sites, utility spots, infield, outfield, and you're not using first basemans, and you're not, you know, using catchers and stuff like that. You know, you're using infielders and outfielders, so uh, way different than playing over there on DraftKings and FanDuel. We get started on this massive, massive slate uh, with St. Louis at Washington. Adam Wainwright and Anibal Sanchez, two blasts from the past. Uh, with Boggs, what's your thoughts here on Adam Wainwright? Well, you know, it's uh, it's obviously not the same Adam Wainwright, uh, you know, we've grew, grew up with so to speak. Uh, this, I guess you can say the same with Annie Ball, although he's turned things around here recently. I think the weather might play uh, an issue in this game. I don't know if we want to you know, speculate on that. And, you know, it looks like there's going to be a lot of games with some weather implica- implications. But for yeah, the, the, most- best, the, the best way we usually do it is we just break down the games and then let Kevin Roth do his thing during the day. And that way people have our thoughts. Um, so... We're just going to break it down. You know, I, I'm with you. This is obviously not the same Adam Wainwright. I will say, you know, he is interesting against right-handed heavy teams, but three, maybe four lefties in this lineup. Does that scare you enough on a 15-game slate not to have interest here? Yeah, I just don't think you need to, to go there, really. I mean, there's there's so many good options here tonight, and, you know, especially if we're not going to factor in so much weather this early. Um I just I don't think you need to go there. I mean, certainly, um, it's kind of slim pickings down in that range of Wainwright and Ball, um, but 
it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough spot for really both these pitchers both teams i don't really like to attack with pitchers and you know i just don't see really see the upside from either one of these guys yeah i'm more likely to take like a shot on like a griffin canning who's making his major league debut than taking wainwright or or just like even going all the way down and like just taking like a, a straight flyer on one of these really cheap guys like you know i'm more likely to do that it's not like he is 6500 he's in that 7k range i think that i'll pass um do we have any interest in uh anibal sanchez no not particularly again both of these offenses i don't like to take pictures against um both really good patient lineups a lot of power um so i it's not that it's not there for me not in this matchup yeah, and you know you can always make an argument that this is a very right-handed heavy lineup, but again, like he's still even this season only a seventeen point eight percent K rate against righties, so like he's still not going to give you that upside, and he's still Anibal Sanchez. Um, and at the he's, end he's of his more career. effective against left-handed batters because he's got that variable changeup, so to speak. You know, he's got the multiple different types of changeups that he can throw, and he has to have that working, otherwise he gets lit up. Lit up. Yeah, because he stinks. He's Animal Sanchez. Like again, he's Animal Sanchez. <laughs> All right. Um, the St. Louis side, the bats here. Um, this is an interesting spot. If the weather's okay, it's not my favorite. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to stack St. Louis here. What's your thoughts on the Cardinals? Yeah, you know, it's if anything in this game, I'd be on the bats. Uh, but I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Uh, there, there are some better spots and a little bit better hitting environments. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, talk anyone off. You know, going after a Goldie, even some of these right-handed batters, and then obviously, you know, Carpenter, who's remains a relative bargain you know, throughout most of the industry. He's, he can hit, you know, lefties, righties, guys with good changeups. He's just, he's just too good of a hitter to be priced at the, you know, the, at what he is. Yeah. You know, maybe some power righties, uh, with Carpenter one-offs, maybe two, um, don't want to go crazy here. Washington side of things. Um, you know, even with Wainwright, you know, kind of struggling this season, I, I think, if I'm going to attack him, it's probably going to be with like a guy like Soto. Um, Matt Adams, really cheap across the industry if you want some value. I think those would be the two guys that I would attack Wainwright with, with his low strikeouts or lefties. Yeah, and it's really pretty much for me just the the lefties with power. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Adam Eaton. He's a, he's a great, great baseball player. Um, but he's a guy that when I'm interested in playing him, I'm looking for that stolen base upside. And, you know, while Wainwright sure can be stolen on, you still got Yachty, Yachty or Molina behind the dish. Um, so uh, he's a guy that I probably won't have exposure to. But Soto, Adams, the power lefties, those are the guys that could probably get a hold of one off Wainwright. Moving on, we got Detroit at Philadelphia, Tyson Ross, Vincent Velasquez. Uh, do we have any interest here in Tyson Ross? Uh, not, not particularly, no, not as an American pitcher these days heading into the National League. And there's a couple of these spots here today. Uh, we can maybe get into that more a little bit later with one guy in particular. But um, uh, no, it's definitely Velasquez, if anything, for me. Yeah, um, let's talk Velasquez. You know, you already kind of said, you know, an American League going into the National League, they're losing the DH. Um, be really interesting to see what they do here. Um, 
do they maybe try to hide Nico at like second base and Harrison's out? Uh, does does Miggy play the field? Like a lot of a lot of question marks when we're looking at this team. But Vincent Velasquez, a guy that has you know really really good strikeout stuff, um, are we interested in here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, his his price is, I guess you could say, appropriate based on the matchup. He's a a, a guy kind of like your boy Eduardo Rodriguez who. Um, doesn't always necessarily get a long leash, but has the strikeout upside at times. Um, can you know struggle, especially to the opposite um, you know handedness of the plate. Um, but still, that strikeout upside is there, and he's started out pretty good here this season. Again, not a guy that will usually get a long leash. Don't expect him to you know be pitching into the eighth inning, but against this you know really. It's a it's a it's a below average offense, and it could be even more watered down lineup in Detroit. Um, I definitely have a little bit of interest here, especially since they lose the DH in Detroit for years. Uh, and it really, to be honest, this year is no different. They're a team that's built for the American League, not not so much for the National League. They don't have a lot of depth, uh, and you know they they've still got some aging guys like Miggy, who may or may not be in there, but. He probably will, but at the same time, right-handed heavy lineup, a couple power lefties, but aside from that, you know, he has the ability here to to to, to rack up some strikeouts. Yeah, like realistically, we're probably looking at two lefties in the lineup. Um, so you're getting six righties plus the pitcher spot, plus it's an American League team, losing the DH. Like Velasquez has the upside. Let's talk bats here. Uh, do we want to play any of the Detroit bats? No, not particular. I mean, yeah, you could take a one-off with a Candelario who's cheap, but, um, you know, there's probably better value out there. Uh, if Goodrum's in there as a one-off, sure. But I just don't see Velasquez getting blown up here. So if anything, it might be a couple Phillies bats on the opposite side, notably the lefties, which they themselves, uh, you know, are kind of starving of. But, uh, yeah, it'd be, you know, a, a Harper – and Nick Williams, maybe for some value if he's in there. Uh, but yeah, the lefties are the guys I like to take against Tyson Ross. Yeah, you know, Harper obviously is a great play. Nick Williams, like you said, if he's in there, he's certainly in play. On the Detroit side of things, I like to target Goodrum against fly ball pitchers. He's hitting the ball a lot on the ground. That's really where, you know, I've been targeting the most this season. And the same kind of you know, Candelario kind of a little bit the opposite. You know, he gets the ball up in the air a little bit more, but his hard hit rates kind of concerning me a little bit this season, you know, his air distance and all that stuff. So really, I don't love a lot on the Detroit side. Um, if I'm playing anybody in this game, it's Harper. It's Williams. I think Real Muto's always in play at catcher. You know, he's always a guy if you want to spend up, you know, he's a guy that's up there that has a lot more upside than most catchers on the slate each and every night. Um, all right, we got the Reds, the Mets, Castillo against Vargas, um, Luis Castillo, um, a guy, you know, speaking of strikeout upside, you know, he's certainly a guy that we hope is really, really starting to take this next step in his career. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all he's kind of been a, a darling at DFS players for a couple of years here, and he's been up and down, but starting to put it together this season. Uh, you know, not the, the greatest of matchups. You know, I think 
people oftentimes you know, think ah, the, the Mets, they're not nothing to write home about. And, you know, Cano is banged up. But the lefties that they do have in that lineup, Nemo, Conforto in particular, um, those are some dangerous bats. So at his price, I'm not in love with him in this given matchup, but he's definitely in consideration for, for tournaments. I mean, he's always, he always is. He's got to be. I mean, the guy, when he's on, he's lights out. But, you know, I think that these lefties, they're tough. Even McNeil, you can throw him in there. He's got good numbers versus righties. Um, at the very least, I think that they're going to make him work. Uh, so at that price tag, it, it's a, it's a little steep for my blood, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, like he's a lineup guy for me. Like I'm going to have to see what this lineup looks like when it comes out. If Cano's still out. You know, Frazier's back. He He's a good two strikeouts. You know, Ramos is a good two strikeouts. Like there's a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of this order. Um, so if Cano's out, like I, I think – I'm I'm not playing Castillo and Cash. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that. Like I'm I'm playing Bauer and Cash when I'm going up top. Like it, it's uh, he's facing Miami and Miami. Like there's nothing to write home about there. So I, I think he's a good tournament play. Um, it would be even better if one of these lefties gets the day off with Cano. So um, I they've been giving these guys random days off. So it'd be interesting to see how it all kinds of plays out. But Castillo is certainly a guy that I like to target for upside. And I think a lot of people might go to Snell, and I think he's a nice little pivot off of Snell, um, an interesting pivot off of Cole. So I want to leave him in my player pool, but he's really going to be a guy that I'm going to be considering more when I see the lineup. Uh, Vargas, man, Vargas is so tilting, Boggs. Like, you, you stack against him every time. It doesn't matter who he's facing. And, you know, you stack the Phillies against him in the last start, and you're like, all right, Philadelphia. And then you have the rest of your team go off and, and Philly does nothing. And it's just like, oh, um, I'm guessing you don't have any interest in Vargas. No. And, you know, this is definitely a spot to, to kind of round back around and uh, circle the wagon, so to speak. I know Dean will like that uh, and come back and, and really try to attack him again. I mean, that was the first series for Philadelphia uh, after they came from Colorado. Uh, so I know it was. But it wasn't the first game, so I mean, believe me, you bet your ass I had a bunch of Philadelphia stacks that day. Didn't pan out, uh, you know. Vargas, he's he's you know, there's a lot of pitchers in this league that you know I have absolutely zero, you know, um, what you know, uh, hesitation to stack against. Uh, but I mean, at the very least, Vargas is a veteran pitcher, so you know, escaping and getting out of jams at times are something that he's going to be able to do. But I mean, at the same time, this Philadelphia, uh, actually we're, this is not Philadelphia. Is it? We're, we're talking it's the Cincinnati. Reds. Yeah. The, the Phillies tilted me on him, but it's the Reds. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, that's the thing is that I just don't really like the Reds lineup, especially against lefties, but I'm not targeting. I'm not going out of my way to play Vargas. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I thought they were playing Philly again. Sorry. Uh, it's, it, it's a late, even for me. Um, I know it's late for you out there, but I'm not messing around with Vargas. But at the same time, you know, I just don't really see this Reds lineup, you know, putting up a 10 spot. Yeah, like I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to stack the Reds today, but I do think there's really solid pieces in the Reds today. Suarez, Puig. Yeah. Um, Well, not Puig. Puig! He's your favorite player. I had to mention him on the podcast. 
Um, if Peraza bats lead off, you know, he'll be cheap, you know, facing Vargas. Um, Votto would be a guy that I'd fade. I always talk about fading Votto. I don't ever play Votto in DFS. Good real life hitter, terrible DFS player. Um, Kirk Casale, if he's cheap and he's um, in that five or six spot, like pieces. I, yeah. I like the pieces. I don't know if I necessarily will stack them too much. I'll have a stack. I always have a stack against Vargas, but I like to target the pieces. I think Suarez is one of the better plays on the entire slate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, you can even play Puig too. Although uh, you know, I don't he's, think he's, he's your favorite player. Lefties. Oh yeah, he's definitely my favorite player. Um, but yeah, you're right. Just just getting bits and pieces of Perez, I think, is probably the better strategy. Especially since the lefties that they have don't hit lefties left-handed pitching very well. I mean, Votto has good numbers, but I agree with you. Um, a guy that at times I'll leave him off a stack just because you know he's just more concerned about not hitting pop-ups to the infield than actually trying to drive the ball as a first baseman. And choking up with two strikes. Um, Mets. Um, I, I don't mind. You know, maybe taking a shot on like Conforto. Uh, on the Mets side, like the you know he's the one like power lefty that if Castillo starts to get hit, it's probably Conforto. You know Alonzo's been really good. I don't mind playing him every like any slate, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to target Castillo. But like if I end up in that range and I like you know I want to be contrarian with a stack or something, like Conforto is always a guy I like to play. Yeah, but the, I mean also that the same you know you can bring that back around and say oh what's Castillo's really main difference this year it's that his really his changeup is taken to another level and that's uh one where you know you have to dive in a little bit deeper to see you know I, I know Conforto he's he's a stud hitter um I could play him against uh, really anyone but uh used to be you know Castillo just be a flamethrower and he'd be susceptible to lefties but that changeup he's been throwing this year has been it lights out so um, it's pretty much a no-go for me with respect to the Mets, especially at their current prices. But, hey, you want to play some Conforto, I wouldn't talk anyone off that. Yeah, and Conforto struggles with change-ups, you know, to go to Boggs' points, um, to, you know, when you're looking deeper into the matchup. So, um, again, straight, large field, contrarian play only. Oakland at Boston, Aaron Brooks against Rick Porcello. Um, any interest here in Aaron Brooks? <laughs> no, 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 man. It's all about your yep. boys. Yeah, um, I don't really have any interest in Porcello either. I know he had a good start in his last start. Um, congratulations. Uh, I'm glad you pitched one good game. You still stink. <laughs> hey, he'll turn around. The whole rotation is going to turn around. Sale included. I think every, he's taking way too much. I still think shit. Sale's hurt. I, I mean, he could be hurt, but at the same time, he's out there. You know, he, he's not hurt that bad. And you know he's going to turn around. And this team's going to turn around. And Fortunately, uh, the bats have started turning around, so I think that's what we should be focusing on. Yeah, not worried about the bats whatsoever. I'm more worried about the rotation in the bullpen, but I don't really have any interest in Porcello. Um, let's talk some bats, Boggs. This is a game that I don't have the totals up in front of me yet. They weren't up yet, but I'm guessing this is going to be one of the higher total games on the slate. Um, what are we doing here with Oakland against Porcello? Yeah, I mean, Oakland, they're, you know, a team that is always in play for me for tournaments. Um, you know, I, it's actually not so much true anymore these days. I used to joke that, you know, they're just a, a team full of DHs 
every single position players DH and all they try and do is just hit a home run or strike out. But they're a better team now than, you know, with Loriano out there in center and Chapman at third. Um, they're getting better defensively, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about an offense. And the fact it remains that they still can, you know, hit bombs with the best of them. So definitely interested on in the bats on both sides. Um, you know, if, Por- if Porcello doesn't, doesn't have it, I could see definitely see this one turning into a, a good old Fenway game. You know, one of those 13 to 12 totals that go back and forth. I'm sure you're aware of those. Um, definitely a lot of run potential here. And uh, I'm interested in getting some shares of both sides. Yeah, I think the biggest concern with Porcello this season is just his control, his command. You know, he's walking a lot of guys and, you know, he, he's getting up in the counts on some of these guys and he's just giving it right back. So I feel like that's that's more command than anything else. So I, I don't mind looking at like this one through five, you know, profile. And, you know, always you can look at the bottom of the stack too to be a little contrarian. But I, I really like Chris Davis and Chapman. Those would be the two guys. Porcello loves to throw that sinker against righties and both of those guys hit sinkers really well. So um, those would be the two guys that, I'd focus the most on here, but if I'm playing those two guys, Piscotti would be hitting right there in between them. You know, you could throw him in, you can throw Semyon in. Um, the Boston side of thing, I love. The, I love the Red Sox today. I think they're a top overall stack. They're probably going to be one of the most popular stacks. They get a pitch to contact pitcher with all that power in that lineup. Um, this is a spot I think you potentially just load up on Boston and be different with your pitchers because I, I think they're going to score a bunch of runs today. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, Aaron Brooks, he's uh, not a guy that I'm afraid to, to stack against, uh, especially in that ballpark. Yeah, and he pitched really, really well in the first meeting against Boston. I hope that scares some people off because it was the first start, his first start of the season. It, 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 uh, just a bunch of bad factors. It was in Oakland. You know, Boston was struggling. That was a different Red Sox team. I'm just saying. I hope it. I hope it scares some people. Let let it scare them, Boggs. Aaron Brooks is an ace. What are you guys talking about? Um, <laughs> Cleveland staff, though. That's what's a funny thing. He is maybe he's he. He ain't getting sent down anytime soon. Cleveland at Miami. We got Trevor Bauer against Sandy Alcantara. Um, Bauer, obviously, you know, one of the chalkiest, one of the safest. I know we don't like to use that word in baseball because there's no floor whatsoever especially with pitchers this year, but Bauer against Miami in Miami is the cash game spot for sure. And obviously he has the upside in tournaments to be the highest scoring, um, you know, pitcher on the slate as well. What are your thoughts? I don't think we need to tell people he's a good play. I think he's a good play, but give me, give me your tournament thoughts here on how you want to attack Trevor Bauer on the slate. I think, you know, there's enough to 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 caution or potentially limit his upside enough where you can make a case for fading him in tournaments. Uh, obviously, you know, I alluded to it earlier. It's an American League pitcher going into the National League, one who is their clear-cut ace, the really only guy that's really been looking healthy for them. Uh, so are are they going to let him, you know, like it was in an American League game, go eight innings? Um, you know, I, I, these are always things that I 
you know, are get concerned about with the American League pitcher going to the National League. The, the flip side to that, though, is that, you know, Bauer is an athlete. He used to, I think, DH for UCLA. It was either him or Garrett Cole, but they hit for themselves as pitchers. And I know he's not a good hitter in the, in the, in the big leagues, but at the same time, he, he came up in the National League, so it's not that big of an issue for me. But I just think it's something to point out, to be always be aware of. Um, you know, I think we, the last guy we get to is CC Sabathia, who's definitely not going to go past the fifth inning uh, in his start. But this is this is it's not enough at this point um, to get me scared. I agree with you; he would be the top cash game play, but just don't expect. You know, don't look at it like okay, he's going to get 120 pitches. I think it's really kind of dependent on you know, the situation in the game for an American League pitcher going into the National League. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously you have to worry about him getting pinch hit for any time he gets past like the sixth or seventh, the sixth inning for sure. Um, you know, just looking at it, I think he's a guy, you know, his his lowest amount of pitches this season is 108. Obviously going into a National League park, you're, you're a little bit worried about that, but I'm not like, I'm not going to like, that's like the one down thing, like the one downside to him today. That, that's like the one thing we can point out. That's I guess not the greatest thing. Um, Alcantara, do we have any interest? He's been able to limit power numbers a lot this season and, you know, been able to get ground balls pitching in Miami. Um, do we have interest in him at all? Uh, not particularly. This is a guy that I'm not really a, a big believer in. I know that. You know, there's a lot of talks that, you know, a lot of the scouts or whatever like him and they see some upside with him, which may come. Um, I know he's got some very pretty good pitches, but, you know, Cleveland's starting to get healthy. Um, they've got they've got talent in that lineup. hasn't really all kind of gelled. But as they've gotten back, guys like Lindor, Kipnis, and, and, you know, guys that you never would have really expected to contribute, like Cargo, starting to swing the bat. Jose Ramirez getting a little bit healthier. It's it's a tough line. And one that I, I, I just, even at his price, I don't want to take a, take a picture against. And again, I mentioned that Cole, or a Bauer, not a bad hitter. I mean, I know his numbers probably aren't good over his career. I haven't looked them up, but I just know that he used to at least DH or hit for himself, which is interesting in, in college when, you know, like Mike Leake is a good hitter. Is hit for himself in college, but um, so it's just it's not a cupcake just because you know it's a team that had been struggling going into to Miami. I'm not going to be messing around with Alcantara, especially. I just don't see the upside in tournaments. Yeah, and you know you kind of alluded to. I think the most important part about Cleveland right now they're getting healthy. Um, so, uh, any Cleveland bats that you want to target here against him in Miami? It depends if the roof's open. Which it looks like the weather is going to be all right out there in Miami. Um, depends what, if the roof's open and which way the wind's blowing. That, that that part can kind of really under the radar turn into a pretty extreme hitters park if the wind's blowing in the right direction and you know you get that humidity and that heat out there. But um, not not particularly. You know, you see Alcantara's one of these guys that I just don't really want to use. He's probably just like, he's like one of these better real life pitchers than guys. 
you know, they're used for fantasy. So I don't really have any interest in either side for the bats in this game. Yeah, I don't look. There's not one thing that's really standing out to me. You know, Martin has been really good this season. You know, I, I think you can always make an argument for him. I really think you can always make an argument for Bowers too. Um, nobody plays the guy who's under 5% every day and he has pop. Like this is a guy that had a lot of power in the minors. You know, it's just not, hasn't translated great to the majors yet, but he's been on what three teams since getting called up. Like uh, he was with Tampa. I know he's been with Cleveland. Wasn't he? I thought he was with a team in between that too, but um. It's just he's done a lot of moving around. He's getting a lot of playing time with Cleveland. I think we're gonna. I think this is a guy like I wouldn't be shocked if he hits like twenty-five to thirty home runs next season once he gets settled in. Don't know if we'll necessarily see it this year. Um, and then like Miami, there's just nothing on Miami. Like I'm not. I'm not targeting Bauer. Bauer's a minus two hundred favorite and a seven total for a reason. Yeah, and again, that's why I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely, especially with weather concerns that are probably going to rise tomorrow or for this slate, he's definitely the cash game option. I just, I think that there's an opportunity to fade him. I don't think he's a must play in tournaments. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge you up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto-Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfix.robinhood.com. Padres at Atlanta we got Chris Paddock against Julio Tehran. Um, it's a pick em game, eight and a half total. Supposed to be one of the hotter games on the slate in the mid-80s um, at first pitch. Is this a spot you want to attack Chris Paddock, um, or is this a spot we're going to you know, continue to take the wait-and-see approach? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Um, probably one of the tougher decisions I'll have to make on this slate. Uh, you know, obviously Paddock, guy, has got tremendous stuff you know, featured by a great changeup. Um, going over against a left-handed heavy Braves lineup. The thing is, though, these Braves hitters, uh, at least the Freddie Freemans, the Marquegas's, you, know, you could even throw Donaldson. You need to see the lineup uh, in CRTs. Um, they're going to make him work. And that's the, always the hesitation I have is, I mean, sure, a guy can go out there and he can go and, rack up a bunch of strikeouts but a young guy in his first season who's already going to be limited uh I, I just don't see him going very deep into this game and aside from that you know those hitters that i mentioned that are going to make him work are pretty damn good hitters in their own right in a hitter's ballpark uh with favorable hitting weather um this is one i'm going to have to defer to you steve 
I actually think Atlanta stack is in play. I, I like Chris Paddock a lot. I think he's super talented. But the one thing that we've noticed a lot from very small, what is it, four or five games he started now, um, what we've noticed a lot is he's a heavy fastball changeup guy, and Atlanta crushes fastballs and changeups. Like this whole lineup crushes fastball and changeups. I talk about it all the time. They're one of the best hitting fastball teams in baseball. I think the only guy that doesn't hit changeups that like actually matters is Ozzy Albies, um, which makes a lot of sense being a younger hitter, but just not a spot that I'll play Paddock. And there's going to be plenty of spots that I'll play him throughout the season. And I, the $9,000 price tag is very intriguing, but wouldn't you rather just play Vincent Velasquez and attack the upside against Detroit with that massive strikeout team uh, instead of playing Paddock today? Absolutely. That's kind of just where I'm at. So I like Paddock, but I just don't know if this is the right spot. I do not like Julio Tehran. Um, he's been pitching pretty well this season. It's not like he's been a gas can or anything, but I don't. I can't remember Boggs. I really, honestly, can't remember the last time I played Julio Tehran. I mean, t- tonight might be the night. <laughs> I I don't hate that price tag for him, and you know, look, I mean. Clearly, I don't think this guy will ever get back to the to the level or you know the ace type pitcher that we you know used to see from him. But he's still effective against right-handed hitters. And I mean, today what San Diego dropped one left-handed batter in the lineup or two if you count uh, Greg Garcia. Uh, so even count, <laughs> I, I can see a decent outing from him at that price tag. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, sure, I don't expect it. You know, uh, maybe uh, maybe he doesn't have the upside to win any tournament, but, I mean, at that price tag, I have a little bit of interest on that. Definitely have to dive into it more, but, I mean, what's not to like about, you know, this, the state of affairs, especially if Tatis is out again, you know, he's, all he's got to do is just limit the damage to uh, a Machado, and, you know, Oddly enough, I said it on my my uh, my grinders live show the other day that we were joking, me and Dean, that Eric Hosmer against Scherzer wasn't going to do anything. So go all in and Scherzer, and of course Hosmer homer. But uh, is Hosmer scare you? I mean, come on, look, it's a lineup that's better than it used to be, but at the same time, against guys that are effective against right-handed batters, I don't. I'm not going to be afraid to play a pitcher against them. You know, if we look at recent trends on Julio Tehran, there's a couple things that stand out to me that's a little concerning, and that's his soft contact rate to righties is only 7%. That's obviously concerning when you're facing a right-handed heavy team. 50% fly ball rate. The hit distance is really big um, when you're going into you know a different type of ballpark like Atlanta. That's where I get a little concerned. The upside's there. You know, 26% K rate this season against right-handed batters. We know he has the upside against righties, so... Oh, the price, like you said, the price is interesting, Boggs. I don't know if I'll end up there, um, but I, I do think the upside is, is certainly worth looking at in large field tournaments. I think you talked me on to it a little bit more, but let, let me let me, let me me say this. I'm definitely not afraid to take one of these power righties. Like Reyes is a, a really good tournament play today. Uh, massive fly ball pitcher that's giving up a lot of hard contact to righties. He's been the one big power bat in this lineup this season. He has a 317 ISO against righties. He's not striking out much, and 
dude has a 95.3 exit velocity, average exit velocity against righties this season, just kind of flying under the radar for the Padres. So if you want to maybe take Reyes here, seems like a good spot. If he makes contact, it's going to be hard um, with hard contact both ways here. But you're right. Like outside of him, like Machado's off to a really slow start. Well, Myers is striking out like every at bat, it seems like. There's a lot of upside here. Reyes worries me, but you know, the rest of this lineup doesn't really worry me. So hey, on to hitters. I think Reyes is a good play, but outside of that, I don't know if I really like the Padres. Yeah. Um, I do like Atlanta. Like I said, um, they do hit fastballs and changeups well. They were kind of disappointing on Monday. Um they just couldn't put a couple hits together in that game. It was, uh, anyway, um, what are you doing here with Atlanta? Uh, you know, I probably, it, it's probably one of these things where if I wanted to be contrarian because, you know, Chris Paddock talk a lot of, a lot of these guys that are, you know, Twitter or especially more so season long darlings, um, from the pitching side and on the hitter side, you get guys like Mondesi that everyone's just, you know, clamoring to, to roster, even though I, I don't really think they're that good. But uh, Paddy, he's good. But I think a lot of people, because he's so popular, don't want to stack it. And I think it's probably a scenario where I'll either stack a full stack Atlanta. Hopefully, Paddock doesn't have his stuff. Um, and instead of getting bits and pieces, because just, you know, look, I said, Freeman, Marquez, because you guys are going to put together quality at bats against Paddock, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I think that they're in the best spot of the night. So I, I might be taking a pass. I don't know if I can take bits and pieces. You could definitely do so to be contrarian, but it'd probably be a full stack or bust for me. Well, like let let you know when we're looking at like just say Fanduel today. Um, they have that forty four dollar qualifier on Fanduel where it's giving away two tickets today, fifteen hundred people. Atlanta's going to be less than five percent owned in a top two payout tournament type of tournament. Like nobody plays, you know, qualifiers to finish third for five hundred bucks. You know, you're trying to win those things. So that's probably where I'll throw an Atlanta stack in. Um, you know, just to just to be different. Like if they go off, I'm so far ahead of the field. If that happens, I'm with you. I'm not going out of my way to like play one offs here. I'm stacking them. That, that's how I'm approaching it. If I'm either gonna get them going off against Paddock or Paddock's gonna pitch well, so um, that's how I would approach Atlanta here. Houston at Minnesota. This is one of the games you're gonna have to watch for weather. It's like really cold and could even snow. So going to have to pay attention to Roth here. And ew, what stinks is this is a game that I really want to target. You know, Garrett Cole, an interesting pitcher. Michael Pintar um, on the other side, like that struggles with righties and there's a lot of righties. Uh, do we have any interest in Cole and Pineda? Um, you know, if the weather is good to go. Yeah. Uh, if the weather's good to go, definitely. Um, you know, I'll say, I'll say this. I always say it. And uh, I'm sure you back me up on it even though you grew up in and played in Florida, uh, that cold weather, you know, people see cold weather and they think, oh, yeah, that's great for pitching. But cold weather also affects your ability to grip the ball, um, especially early in the year. You know, it's early spring when you get into these places like Minnesota, Chicago, places that should have a, a damn dome over uh, their their building. But uh, 
So that concerns me a little bit. The bottom line is, I mean, Cole came up through through Pittsburgh. I mean, he's pitched in that weather before. So if anything, I would give him the edge in that regard. But obviously, weather is probably going to be an issue in this one. But we're again, that's not our job to talk about that. We're talking about the matchups, and if everything is, you know, good to go, uh, you know, I like Cole to have at least a similar performance that Verlander had today, which wasn't the greatest. Maybe not. Uh, on a point per dollar upside, the top pitcher of the night, but you know what you're going to get from a guy who's a bulldog that's going to go out there and attack batters. Attack batters, indeed. You know, I I don't ever mind rostering Cole. He's probably going to get a couple walks, but he's going to throw over 100 pitches and he's going to attack that zone and try to strike people out. Like Garrett Cole doesn't pitch the contact, and you know I talked about it yesterday with Verlander. Verlander's allowed at least one home run in every start. Well. You know, all but one start against Texas. Cole's allowed at least one home run. So, like, he's going to attack these guys. He always has the strikeout stuff. You know, he's a guy that has over 28 fantasy points in three of his seven starts or six starts. So, the upside's always there with Cole. Just going to have to watch the weather. I have zero, zero, zero interest in Michael Pineda, though. Yeah. And he might have some pine tar on his arm, help him grip the ball, though. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a guy that. It's it's a reclamation project. It's an extreme take the wait and see approach, and you, you don't try and you know get cute on a fifteen game slate, and you know try and hope for Michael Pineda's best start of the year against Houston. My biggest issue with Pineda, smaller small sample size, but really all we can go off of is this season's numbers because he's been hurt. You know, last year and the year before. 55% hard hit rate to righties, 35% line drive rate, 42.5% fly ball rate, and his hard to soft contact ratio is 42.5%. So he's getting no soft contact against righties. He's facing a team. Like his average exit velocity against righties in 60 plate appearances this season is almost 93 miles an hour. So when he when we're looking at a Houston team with Springer, I'm guessing Springer would be back in the lineup, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, I know Gary L hasn't done much this season, but like even Brantley is just such a good hitter. Like it's just not a spot that I'm going to attack Pineda. And I'm actually going to attack some bats against him here because I think like, isn't this like one of those typical, like um, if this game plays and there's not issues, it's like one of those typical, like George Springer leadoff home run spots. Just <laughs> Yeah. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's one where I think, Pineda's last start, which came against the same Houston team, is probably his ceiling. So, yeah, it's definitely just like the Braves. Definitely uh, in play. Again, I don't like that ballpark um, for hitters. It's kind of just a bias of mine. I just think it was just poorly designed and not really conducive to hitting. And then obviously weather's going to be a factor, but um, – uh, yeah, I, I'm. I wouldn't go overboard, but targeting a few bats here or there from uh, Houston, and this is definitely a classic spot where they, no one's really on them, and you know they end up burning you for it. Pineda's not great at holding on runners too, so like Altuve gives you the upside to stealing bases in this spot. So like, you get your power upside with Springer and Bregman. You get well, like I guess we can say Altuve. <laughs> he has like nine home runs this season, so. <laughs> He's nine more than Justin Turner. Um, 
Anyway, I know you can't watch the broadcast, but they were talking about on the Dodgers broadcast today that Turner in his career only has two home runs before the month of May. Isn't that crazy? He's a, he's a he's down the stretch second half player. Yeah, he needs the heat. He needs the needs it to be hot outside. All right, um, is there any is there any Minnesota bats against Cole that you'd tar- target here? No, no, it's just not. I look, you know, you 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 brought it up. Sure, they give up a home run here or there. You saw it today. Who, who hit the home run for, for the Twins? is Adrianza, of all people. You can't tell when it's going to come. Um, and the likelihood of Cole getting lit up is pretty slim. So, you know, why even mess around? So it's crazy. Like, there's a, there's a real chance that, like, the Minnesota game, the Chicago White Sox game, and the Kansas City game all get um, postponed today. Like, that's how bad the weather is in those areas. And, like, if that happens, it takes off like Cole. It takes off Blake Snell. Like it takes off some really good pitching on the slate. Just thinking about Trevor Bauer's ownership. If that happens, it's going to be. In. I provide a reason why. You could yeah, I know, I know, I get it, and I'm glad you did. But it's going to be his ownership's going to be insane. Uh, Rockies and Brewers. Herman Marquez against Justine. Uh No total in this one. Any interest here in Marquez? Uh not 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 a whole lot i mean obviously again you know he's definitely has the upside uh i'm just i'm a big fan of this brewers lineup even though they had been struggling um aside from yelich and then you know he might he may be back in that line tomorrow i'm not quite sure the status of him uh he's not maybe maybe a little bit um but this is a game especially in this ballpark didn't matter who's home or who's away that uh, I wouldn't be excited about rostering a pitcher. Yeah. You know, obviously you got to see if Yelich is back, but I think there's just too many lefties, you know, where he gets his upside is right-handed teams, 30% K rate against righties, 17% against lefties. I think that 17% will come up throughout the season, but not enough here. Um, for me, um, in this spot, there's too many lefties, um, and I don't really have any interest in Chassin. I don't mind him against right-handed heavy teams, but too many lefties in this lineup. Blackman Murphy's back. David Dahl's in that lineup. Um, they can they can roll out a couple other lefties, you know, Walters. I, I just don't see myself using Chassin here. Yeah, no, it, and the, the bigger part of that is that Rockies are starting to heat up. Um, obviously, they've been struggling, but they're getting guys back, like you mentioned. Blackman... He just missed a home run earlier today. Um, you're probably going to see Tappy in there after Desmond got tossed from the game today. They're going to load it up with lefties, and Murphy getting back is key, is really key for them. And it, on top of him being such a tough out at the plate, you know, then you got to worry about the power bats, and then you got to worry about working around these righties. And that's not something where I see Chassin even at his cheap price tag. Um, and he's probably, to be honest, he's probably going to be chalk. Uh, okay, just kind of uh, anecdotally, I just I feel like people just are convinced that the Rockies cannot hit on the road, which is just not the case. And in this ballpark, I think it's, it's, a, it's a fool's errand to be going out there rostering Chassin, even at that attractive price. Um, you know, Rockies bats here, I, I think, you know, they're certainly in play. 
they need to do their damage early because if they're in a close game or they're down, they're going to get this bullpen. And the Milwaukee bullpen is very good. Very good bullpen. Um, do we like the Rocky stack? Like, do you stack them? Do you play the lefties? How are you going to approach, you know, looking at the Rockies here? Yeah, it's, uh, and that's, I guess, the toughest part is you want to take the lefty bats against Marquez. But if, you know, or I'm sorry, against Chassine, but maybe Marquez, you know, isn't on his game. Uh, and there's, if this game is within three runs, then they're going to deal with Josh Hader and all those lefty bats you have are, are essentially strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. So it is tough. Um, and it is a 15 game slate. So I don't even necessarily know if the Rockies will make the cut for me, but my, to, to my greater point is just, I just, I, I don't think that they're as bad as a lot of people make him out to be on the road. So I, I'm not going to go out of my way to play Shasin. It's just one of those scenarios. Yeah, I don't mind stacking the Rockies. That's how I would approach them again because if it's a close game, they're going to get the bullpen. But if my stack starts going off, like they're not going to use Hater if this game's sure. you know not within reach. So uh, then I'm then I'm going to continue to get some righties and I'm going to continue to have some upside. But again, if they don't, um, you're probably not going to win if they don't go off anyway. So. Sure. <laughs> um, the Brewer side of things here, as much as I like Herman Marquez, one of the guys that I use more than – oh, man, I can't even tell you, dude. I used this guy so much last season at the end of the year. I, are they – if Yelich is back in this lineup with Mustakis back now, like, it, are they, like, worth looking at in tournaments? It's the same. It's the same scenario. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to stack against Marquez. Um, sure, you can play Yelich against anyone. He's that good. But I, I don't think that the Milwaukee's gonna, the stack's gonna come through. And so as a result, hey, if it was a five-game slate, we'd probably be having a much different discussion. But there's just no reason. There's no need. To, to be going after these guys here in this spot. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't mind maybe taking shots in, these t in that like qualifier-type setting where you're looking to just chase that top prize. Um, or like even on like a, a DraftKings, you know, they have those like $10 tournaments where it's like, what is it, like 100 – it's like a 25% a of the – like 25% of the prize pool goes to first place and like – those are the types of tournaments. It's a $7 tournament today, 50K to first. It's a $200,000 tournament. Those are the type of tournaments I don't mind playing contrarian stacks like the Brewers or like the Rockies or like the Braves. Uh, just like just chasing that top upside. All right. Um, one of Probably one of the chalkier games on this slate. We got Pittsburgh at Texas. Jordan Lyles against Adrian Sampson. Sampson's a 127 favorite here, 10.5 total. Jordan Lyles, uh, pretty disappointing in his last start. Um, any interest here in Lyles? No, I mean, it's not to be, you know, unexpected. I mean, Lyles, you know, he started out the year good. Um, but, I mean, let's face it, I mean, what's really changed from him? He's a guy that is like his former teammate, Chad Bettis. They, they're just tempo guys. I, I, 
I can't believe it. We've gone through 15 games. We haven't talked about Seattle, but it's like, like Mike leak, you know, guys that just, you know, just go out there and pound the zone um, that can be effective against young and experienced teams, but at the same time, just uh, out there to throw strikes. Uh, so, you know, don't expect Jordan Lyles to all of a sudden come out of nowhere and, you know, Charlie Morton things this year, but he has a role and he can be effective in it. Uh, will he be effective tonight? I don't think so. I'm, I'm definitely on the offense in this game. Yeah, and I have, you know, zero interest in Samson on the other side of this game. He stinks. Um, mm-hmm. He was – he got put out in the bullpen, so it's it's not even clear how long or how deep he'll even go in this game. So, um, love getting Texas bullpen too. Let's talk bats. Um, Pittsburgh bats. Like, what do we like here against um, Samson? Oh, what don't we like? Uh... <laughs> There, I mean, there actually, actually is quite a bit that we don't like because Pittsburgh's offense ain't, that ain't too good, but they do have some good players. And you got your typical wind blowing in. And actually, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, TV. What is your take on the jet stream in, in Texas? I watch dozens of games every year because I watch all my halos. That jet stream's still there. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. I see. I've been I've been saying this for like a year. Like I, I watch games where I think that it's still there, and then there's some games where it's just like the ball's dying. So I, I really don't know. And like how that how that ballpark is designed too. The wind is almost always blowing in in that ballpark, and it's like San Francisco where that how that ballpark is where it's at. It's almost always blowing out, and like that giant wall kind of doesn't affect the wind doesn't let the wind affect as much there but uh, it, it well it creates it in, in texas because it blows off the the back yeah and I, you can make designs this is just my opinion by the way you can make designs to mitigate it and i'm sure i'm not saying it hasn't been mitigated but the ball still carries out to right field and i see it and maybe that's just the weather but uh, it, it doesn't scare me with the winds blowing at 19 miles an hour Never scares me either. Um, you know, we continue to see high-scoring games, and a lot of it has to do with the Texas pitching staff is not very good. Um, don't let like don't let me, you know, get it too confused. Like the the pitching staff is not very good, but there's a reason that this game has a ten and a half total. I think Frazier, Polanco, Bell, Colin Moran, probably my th- three or four favorite plays. Frazier, if he's still cheap, I don't even think anybody's going to be cheap. I mean, I don't ever look at pricing before I break down the slate. Actually, they're they're actually pretty, pretty, pretty nicely priced when you're talking DraftKings fantasy draft, which is good. You know, like Colin Moran, forty one hundred. Like he's a guy that only has two home runs on the season, but could go out and hit two home runs in this game. So, like he's the type of guy that I like to play in this spot. So, um, the power bats, and then on the Texas side of things, like. If you really don't believe in Jordan Lyles, this is an excellent spot to stack them up because where he has struggled has been lefties, and you know we know they have plenty of lefties in this lineup. Yeah, they've got they've got patient hitters and, and more importantly, veteran hitters, um, which are the type of guys that we, like we saw in his last start against Arizona. I mean, not so much veteran hitters, but they, all those guys in Arizona they've seen it in Lyles before. 
you know, so it's just uh, it's one where I don't think that him getting out there, maybe quick pitching, uh, will necessarily fool guys like Chu, you know, you know, Dor, Mazzara, and you know, Joey Gallo. It's Joey Gallo. You know, he he doesn't give a shit. He'll just hit a home run or strike out anyway. So, you know, it's Drupal if he's in there. It's uh, it's definitely a game you can double stack it, full stack it, game stack it, get bits and pieces from, but. It's definitely a game that should produce quite a few runs. All right. Uh, Baltimore at Chicago. This is another game we're going to have to pay attention to the weather. We're just going to break it down really quick. We have Andrew Kashner, Ivan Nova. I'll sum this up really quick. We don't have any interest in the pitching, right? No. And I'll tell you what, man. I uh, I, uh, <laughs> I actually played Nova a little bit in his last start. Um he was, he was, it was probably the worst start of his career. He just, he didn't have any command of the strikes out and he's leaving balls up. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he, he got lit up, but it could have been a lot worse. So this is definitely a game. It's probably going to be postponed by the time he posts this, but um, I'm not going to mess around with these pitchers. I hope though, at least somewhat kind of gets back to the form. I mean, I don't really have anything against the guys, an effective sinker baller that can get ground balls. But in his last start, that, that was probably the worst start of his career. Yeah, and even though like a lot of these Baltimore bats aren't good, like we're starting to see them come around a little bit. Like I I still think Miami's the worst of the two. Like if I, I had to like so like Mancini's a guy that you know, has upside. The White Smith Jr. has been surprisingly really good, not striking out, has a little bit of pop. You know, Nunez strikes out a ton, but he has pop. Chris Davis, when he doesn't strike out, he has pop. Like, it's just, for me, I'm going to target the offenses here. Um, I really hope Stevie Wilkerson starts, you know, he was a guy... He's you know, the guy that, today. <laughs> I think we all wanted to play him. Um, and his price went down. <laughs> his price went down. I was going to say, like, his price went down. So, um, hoping he cracks the lineup. He'll be a really good value play if he plays. Uh, what are we doing with the White Sox bats here against Kashner? Uh, you know, I think uh, you scrap that whole last time these two teams played, uh, really from both sides. And if this game plays, uh, you approach it like you would any other team that you would want to take pitchers against Andrew Kashner, which is always. Yep, all these guys in play. Moncada, probably my favorite. Uh, Tim Anderson, I don't know what has gotten into this guy, but well, you can't get him out. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's. He's 5,400, and, like, he's going to be one of the lowest-owned players on the slate just because of his price, and the dude is hitting 375 this season. You're just not getting him out. His OPS is over, like, 1.0. Like, it's just... What was even more remarkable was, you know, did you see the the White Sox ownership tonight because of their price tags? I mean, people get so price-sensitive that... You know, anytime a team's in a good spot, you should full on stack them up and, and find a way to make it work, even if you have to sacrifice a little bit on pitching. Uh, I mean, White Sox on a, what was it, a six, seven game slate are all under 5% home. You just always 
punt catcher. I don't know why people just don't take Stevie's strategy. Just punt catcher. Well, you punt catcher every day. I punt catcher every day. Lefty masher. Yeah, yeah, I don't even care who it is. It, who's 2,500? Molinado's 2,500 today. He's in my player pool. Like, <laughs> just All right. Uh, another game we're going to have weather concerns is Tampa at Kansas City. Blake Snell, uh, Jacob Junis, um, seven and a half total. Do we have any interest in Snell here um, after kind of getting beat up no. by this team in his first start back? Yeah, but it, well, that's not so much concern. The concern is that the team has come out and said – He's going to be relegated to 80 pitches this time. And that's part of the reason I, I can almost guarantee that, you know, he probably didn't have as an effective a start as you expect. I don't like when teams come out and put an arbitrary pitch count on the guy. I know he's coming off an injury. That's fine. It should be a situation where you let how he's pitching the game dictate how far he goes. And then the first start's one thing, but then coming out in the second start and saying, you're getting 80 pitches. Okay. Well, there you go. He's got 80 pitches. What can he do in 80 pitches that's going to make him worth 10500 Nothing. And not only that, like having a toe injury as a pitcher stinks. Um, one of the worst things I ever did was have turf toe and try to pitch. Like, And he has a broken toe. Um, I just, for me, I, I, I played Snell in his first start back. And... I got crushed that slate. Like, I just don't see him beating me here with 80 pitches. And I think this game is going to get postponed, so it's not going to matter. Um, do we have any interest in Jacob Junis if the weather's okay? No, not particularly. Um, you know, Junis is a lot like the teammate that he played today. Brad Keller is just doesn't always do it for me. Not a horrible pitcher, not as bad as the, probably his numbers this season indicate. Um, but I just don't see a, a dominant performance out of him in this matchup. Um, Tampa Bats. Do we have interest in the Tampa Bats here against Junis? Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be it'd probably be like a full stack situation. Um, but again, another one where weather's probably going to play a factor into it. Uh, and, and again, I don't love that ballpark, so it's my interest is lukewarm at best. Yeah, like Yandy Diaz is always a guy that I think is in play. Choi is always in play. They called up Nate Lowe. Um, he's 3,100. Uh, very good numbers in um, AAA. We'll have to see how it kind of – this is one of the reasons why – what's that? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how many damn lows or lows does this team have in their organization? They got... they're, they're, they're spelt the same way. It might be loud too. I'm just well, calling got... him low. Nate Lau, Low, however the hell you pronounce, he's got a little brother that's like in Double A. It's just like confused. <laughs> oh, too too many, right? Like <laughs> trying to keep up with all these guys. I wonder if they are brothers. I wonder if this is the brother combo. They're not. There's another brother that's younger, even in the organization. That just drives me crazy. Yeah, so really young guy. He's a you know top fifteen prospect in the Rays organization. This is one of the reasons that. They moved off of Jacob Bowers, um, and I think they moved him for a trade or whatever it was. But either way, um, really solid numbers in AAA. Not big power guy, but he gets on base at a high rate. So don't ever mind targeting somebody like that. Um, 429 Woba, 156 WRC plus in the 21 games this season at AAA. So 3,100. 
I don't really have any interest in the Royals bats. You can make an argument if Snell's not right or he's not going to pitch deep. Beaks will probably be the guy that comes in if he starts to get so it's lefties. And Kansas City just doesn't typically hit lefties well. I know they hit him well in his last start, but it's just not a spot I love here. No. Um, moving on, we got the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. CC Sabathia against Zach Granke. Um, any interest here in CC Sabathia? No, and this is this is your classic spot. Uh, you know, I tried to, I tried to get maybe, maybe I got overthought it a little bit too much with uh, Paxson in his last start, but you know, I was joking on on my Grinders Live uh, show that you know I didn't think he would go deep, you know, because the last ever since it was Chen Ming Wong that got hurt batting. I think he was actually in Miami. You know, and then obviously Tanaka, you know, pulls pulls his hamstrings last year. The Yankees just they can't afford any more injuries, so they're not gonna be you know, they're not gonna push these guys to the limit. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm excited about rostering any Arizona bats, but uh in you know, pretty warm, open, open, open weather out there in Arizona. CC, not 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 for me. Yeah, they will have the roof open, um, and I don't like targeting pitchers in this ballpark when the roof is open. Wednesday, uh, we'll talk about it Wednesday, but the roof will be closed um, is what they're showing on the website. Um, Zach Greinke, uh, beat down tan- or beat down Yankees lineup. Obviously, like one or two guys that started the season as a starter in this lineup. Or I guess it's three, but not anywhere near the upside as this lineup usually has. Do we have any interest here in Greinke? You know, I do. Um, and it's kind of, again, uh, and I was completely wrong about that game with Bumgarner. You know, I, I watched closely that Yankee series against the against my Angels, and they were just, they weren't the same Yankees by any means. They were just scrapping together runs left and right. Uh, just a completely different team. But that's not effective against left-handed pitching, stealing bases, you know, and it's not effective against Granky, who's good at holding base runners on. Um, so I have some interest in Granky, um, especially you know you, you get CC up at the dish. Um, he probably won't even swing the bat. Um, so there's a couple extra strikeouts loaded in there. So it is a watered down lineup. Um, yeah, so it's not. I'm probably not going to be as high as him as I was Bumgarner against this Yankees team because they still find a way to win. Um, and it's impressive, by the way. But, um, yeah, I do have a little bit of interest in Greinke, especially since, you know, as a velocity is getting back and he's, he's put strung together, you know, four or five, you know, pretty pretty good starts here. I like Greinke's upside, um, especially if we start r- rolling out some of these guys uh, with some weather issues. Like Kevin Roth is going to be busy on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it's just if we start rolling some of these guys out, like I think Bauer is still the best play on the slate, but that doesn't mean I want to play Bauer in all my tournament teams. So I'm still looking for some upside here at the top. If we start getting some of these games rolled out and we talked about Castillo, you know, we're going to talk about Bueller, uh, but Granky's certainly in play here. Um, when you're looking at this lineup, only, only four guys against right handed pitching in this lineup have strikeout rates under 20% this season. So there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup for Granky uh, to be, to be a crafty veteran. You know, he's a crafty veteran at this point in his career. 
Uh, let's talk bats. Anything standing out to you here for the Yankees? Uh, I mean, you know, it would surprise me if a guy like, that was like kind of down near the bottom of the order, like, like Taupman, maybe got a hold of one off Gringy. But for the most part, again, like, you know, even LeMay, who's banged up. Um, so, no, I mean, I don't want to take Gardner. I just don't see the stolen base upside. And when Gardner's your three-hole hitter, um, it's it's remarkable how you're winning games. But um, so not necessarily to answer your question. Yeah, and like a lot of the power righties, when you are looking at their numbers against sliders, which Granky uses a slider a lot against righties, and it's very good. Um, a lot of whiff rates really, really like over 39% on a lot of these power righties. So, and we see that with a lot of power bats, they crush fastballs, but struggle with sliders and Granky's able to mix it up. Cause he has that change up too. So, um, just not a spot. Sanchez is always in play. It kind of goes back to that real Muto conversation. Like these guys just have so much more upside than most of the catchers on this slate that like they're in play, but it's just not a, home run spot it's just not like a lock and load spot i guess yeah um, if i had to pick two people it'd be talkman or uh luke Voigt, and he's been swinging the bat well boy man i love that guy i just wish he'd stop walking so much like swing the bat put it in play he's stop walking a lot tomorrow because granky's probably gonna be nibbling when he's at the dish um the other side of this game obviously like the arizona side of things like you know sabathia is at that point of the career where he is perfectly okay with just going out and throwing his cutter as much as he possibly can to get as many ground balls as he can to go five innings to get to the bullpen. Um, does he even swing the bat or do anything to attempt to move the bat when he's up there is the, what's going to be funny to watch. But I – nothing really stands out to me. Like, I don't mind Arizona usually, but – just a lot of ground balls probably being an induced. And like, if this game's close, that bullpen is just so good for New York. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with, with, uh, with the Arizona bats. I mean, you can maybe play Adam Jones. Who's seen CC has had decent success, seen him quite a bit. Um, but at the same time, you know, CC still effective against lefties. So that, you know, kind of rules out Peralta the struggles against lefties. Um, and yeah, you know, Escobar, Marte, you know, sure, they could probably get a hold of one off of him, but it's just not an exciting uh, stack or, 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 you know, team that I'm going to be looking to, to take one-offs from. Yeah, and, like, the thing about Marte, is like, 4800 and in that price range, it's just, like, you're going to find guys that you're going to like better. And, like, Marte, he's been absolutely mashing lefties this season. He's a little interesting just because of, like, I was reading a thing the other day, like how he's just changed his swing to try to hit as many fly balls as possible. And like, we know how much of a ground ball guy CC Sabathia is. So like Marte's interesting, but it'd be, it would have to be like on a site where he's cheaper. Cause I think his price on DraftKings is just really high, uh, but I don't have Yahoo and I don't have FanDuel up um, in front of me at this point. So um, yeah, really all I got on Arizona. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip got an easy way to start with brushing with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids Quip 
has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as our original version with no childish gimmicks. gimmicks. <laughs> so they can brush just like a grown-up. Kids, the new toothbrush, the new brush is the same as the original version, just tweak, tweaked for sized down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the product the adults in their everyday lives use. They're proud to use the equipped toothbrush. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. Kid-friendly features like a small brush head, the watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and the rubber grip handles and colors. The ones, the little ones will love built-in two-minute timer. Pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides to help you clean your mouth evenly. And um, that's one of the reasons that I love my Quip toothbrush. I use it each and every day. Um, love it because also it's it's really easy to travel with as well. So I've been using it now for about a month and a half. And um, I can say that I use it every day. Really like it. Um, and that's why it's backed by over 1 million happy, healthy mouths um, using it as well. Quip starts at just $25 and you get a free first free refill pack for free once you sign up over there at getquip.com slash rotogrinders it's 25 bucks and uh, that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash rotogrinders um, we move on here after one of the worst ad reads i've ever done in my life uh, we got the dodgers and the giants walker bueller drew pomerantz seven total um, any interest here in Walker Bueller against the Giants? A little bit. Um, you know, it's he's priced up. Um, you know, we saw what happened last night, tonight, whatever you want to call it, with Maida. Um, got yanked early. That's what you're gonna expect. Um, but yeah, I, in my opinion, I think he has a little bit more strikeout upside. Uh, it's obviously a great ballpark. Um, it's just it's it's just really really tough, you know, because it, it does he have that strikeout upside? You know, it's a, against a, a Giants team that is patient. You know, don't take a lot of walks, but you know, just put the ball in play. Don't strike out a whole lot. So it's it's definitely a tough. Tough, a tough one for me. Um, uh, I, I got to defer to you here, Stevie. Yeah, like if we start getting some of these guys ruled out, like there's just not a lot of power in the Giants lineup, but they're they're still not striking out a ton, striking out more than they have in the years past. But you know they they've added some strikeouts with you know guys like Pilar, um, you know Crawford striking out at a high clip this season. It's just. Their team ISO right now is under 100 against right-handed pitching. They're not going to go out and, and beat Bueller by the long ball. Um, if they beat him, he's probably going to end up getting Babbitt, Then you can't predict that. So if if the ground balls are flowing his way, he probably pitches decent here. Dave Roberts is the worst manager in baseball when it comes to DFS. Um, we can argue if he's a good manager for real-life baseball, but for DFS, like, it is so unpredictable what he's going to do with his pitchers. Um, like you said, Maida, he pitched 73 pitches today. He gave up one hit in the sixth inning, and like they instantly went out and yanked him. And it was just like, why? Like it was it was a little like it wasn't even like a big hit either. It was just 
it's so that's the that's the downsides of Walker Bueller. The upsides is this guy, this kid has a lot of strikeout ability. Um and we might lose some pitchers, like some really good pitchers on this slate. Um Drew Pomerantz. Pomerantz was good when he was with San Diego, got hurt with Boston. His form this season really hasn't been terrible. Um he's back to using that curveball a lot. Which kind of bogs, kind of tells me he's healthy uh, because he wouldn't be throwing this curveball as much as if he wasn't healthy. Do we have any interest in in Pomerantz here? They've kind of they they kind of did a, a one eighty on us here, and they've priced him up a little bit um, considering where he's been priced at um, on some of the sites this season. No, I mean the the walks are still there. I know that he's getting some strikeouts, but hasn't pitched in the seventh inning all year long. So it's a, it's a, it's a pass for me again, not excited about rostering Dodgers hitters in this ballpark. Um, but this game in general, it's pretty much a pass. Uh, unless like you alluded to that, Tim weather, you know, knocks out some, some pitching options for Bueller and then which case might put Palmer into play. Yeah, and, like, man, if this was a smaller slate, and obviously, like, if we start losing three, four, five games because of weather and it becomes a smaller slate, I'd have on, I'd have interest in Pomerantz. This Dodgers team, outside of, like, Bellinger and Kiki Hernandez, they had just have shown zero ability to hit left-handed pitching this season. And, like, as bad, like, and, like, I guess, like, one of the worst things, like, you're worried about here is, like, Bellinger because, like, Pomerantz, where he has struggled, has been lefties. He doesn't have that, like, go get him pitch with lefties. He doesn't have that sweeping away slider for a lefty and lefty matchup. So, um, let's talk bats. Like, again, looking at the Dodgers first, like, I don't mind maybe playing Bellinger. He's going to be very low-owned, but it's risky. Yeah, and, I mean, he's, is he still the most expensive player in baseball? He is fifty eight hundred. He is one hundred dollars more than Mike Trout facing Clay Buckholtz. Yeah, that's that's egregious. So there you go. <laughs> um, any interest in any of the Giants bets? No, not no, not particularly. I mean, as a punt, I mean that's that's why I was sitting here sweating. You know, I was playing Cropper and Panic, and you know their the prices went down so. You can take those guys for what you will, but um, no, I'm not interested. I'm not excited about playing any of these guys. I'll be honest. Um, if our boy Wilkerson's not in the lineup, there's always a chance that you can look at Crawford at 2400 at shortstop. Um, yeah, you ever know. feel good about it? No, you could do a lot worse. Trust me. Yeah, and like like we were talking about on the podcast yesterday. Yes, this ballpark's terrible for home runs, but left-handed hitters, it's good for doubles and triples. Like you know. Give me a double at twenty four hundred. I'll, I'll I'll take that to the bank. Uh, Toronto at LA taking on the Angels. Clay Buckholtz against uh, Griffin Canning. Canning making his major league debut for your Angels. Um, I'm sure you're a little excited about this. This kid, fast road, uh, maybe too fast to the majors here. But let's talk Buckholtz first. We don't have any interest in him, right? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, the Angels, they they don't really light anyone up, but they don't strike out. And, you know, Buckholz coming off injury, you know, not coming off injuries, made a couple starts here. Uh, and I know he had a good year last year, but um, not, not, not so much interest for me. 
Yeah, like you have to attack the Angels with certain type of pitchers, and Buckholz is not that type of pitcher. He twelve percent K rate. He's gonna pound the zone, and it's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out. Do we have any interest in your boy Griffin Canning, top five prospect in the Angels organization? I I'm sure you know about him. Um, I've done my research on him. The one thing that I like about him when I'm seeing the research here is he likes to throw his slider. And Boggs, you already know I'm always a sucker for sliders against Toronto. Yep, yep. And, hey, I mean, there you go. Uh, I'll say this, that I think you got to temper your expectations, and not just because, you know, you're getting a guy making his major league debut, um, but that the especially, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Socha, but – more so with Osmus, he's going to keep this kid on a tight leash. So I'm probably – the price is, you know, it's attractive, so to speak, on this slate. Um, I think he's definitely – you can take a dart on him for a large field tournament, but this isn't a guy I'm going to be clamoring to roster in his major league debut against uh, – it's it's an offense that struggled and struggles against sliders, like you mentioned, but um, it's still one that I, I don't think is as bad as the numbers have portrayed this season. So they got guys that can that can work a count, uh, make make some tough at bats for this kid, and he's gonna be on a tight leash. So that's my only concerns. Um, don't want to be a negative Nancy. I mean, I'm a homer. We all know that. I want the kid to go out and throw, you know, seven scoreless. But I just, I just don't see him going that deep. So he, he's, he, if he has his stuff, he can certainly pay off at that price. But um, don't expect 110 pitches from the kid. No, um, I think it's a great point. I'm certainly playing him <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, I do I do think like this is an interesting spot, but I do think you bring up you know really solid points with the pitch count thing. You know, the most batters he's faced this season in triple A starts, he's only started three games, but 22 batters in a start. Um, so like he's not going to go deep into games, but everything I'm I've looked at for this kid is very exceptional. I'm I'm always a little worried. 22 is young you know not a lot of double a or triple a experience but bogs i just keep seeing like the the slider numbers and like the command is another thing and like there's a couple people that i really trust for command and everything i've read from them that they think he has above average command too so um hey like i'm perfectly okay with taking risk i always talk about it I'm going to take this risk. Um, I don't know if I'll necessarily like play him in cash games. Let me let me make that clear really quick. Like, I think there is a road to playing, you know, Bauer um, and maybe like a Vincent Velasquez in cash or something. But I'm not going to rule it out for what it's worth. Um, this ballpark helps too. This is a ballpark downgrade for the Blue Jays. So, um, a lot of strikeouts in the Blue Jays lineup, but. This lineup is going to get better with Vlad being there. You know, as much as people are excited about him, they're excited about him for a reason. The the kid is really, really good. Um, 
Sogard out of nowhere. Like his numbers are eventually going to digress, right? Like you know, he has a 407 yeah, Babbitt. Yeah. Like Oh yeah, yeah. Um any Blue Jays bats standing out to you here? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean it's going to be it, as emotional as uh Vlad Jr.'s um you know, call up was at home. It, it, it's going to be emotional because Big Daddy Vladdy's going to be in the building. Um, I can guarantee that for this series. Um, so I, I mean, take that for what you will. I mean, yeah, he missed two home runs in his first in his debut. He's definitely the real deal. And there's 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 uh there's some guys that can hit right-handed pitching. I mean, Telez, Smoke, uh, guys that they haven't really put it together as a whole. Um, but I have some interest, uh, you know, the, the angels bullpen is mediocre at best behind the kid. And if he does, you know, get those jitters, like we saw, you know, in Seattle with the, with the, the kid Hearn and then justice Sheffield, they both struggled in their debuts. Cool. It, it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing, you know? So that Hearn kid. Ooh. Oh, I know. <laughs> Dude, I felt so bad for him. I was watching that game. Um, and I felt so bad for him. It was just it, you had to feel bad for him. He just—that's one of those things that can can linger with you and that can derail his career. He shouldn't. Right? Been. No, I I agree. Um, it's just one of those things where one of the things that I hate about the MLB system nowadays is like when you get called up and to make a spot start, you're going right back down to the minors. Like that kid needed to get back out on the field, like right back in a major league game five days later, but um angels bats you know calhoun i don't know what's gotten into him but um the power surge is, is looking like it's a thing this season he's hitting a lot of fly balls the hard hit rates at 63 percent. the average exit velocity is really good i don't know if it's just I, I don't know what it is but when he's making contact i love him and when you get a pitcher like buckles who doesn't have a big strikeout rate um i like calhoun trout combo here and dare I say, I like Tommy LaStella here. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, we it's weird about, saying yeah, out loud. So guard, we talk about LaStella. Uh, to you guys, I never thought I'd mention it on a podcast with you. Uh, I, I can't explain it with, with regards to LaStella. As far as Calhoun, I, I mean, I can't. He changed his swing after, you know, last season. And he, you know, was just absolutely atrocious and – he really it helped him, and then you know he's kind of built off of that. And then you know I think you could maybe make a case for stacking the halos here. I mean, obviously Calhoun uh, don't need to say anything about Trout. You know, Bohr he's connected on a few balls here recently. Simmons has been putting the ball in play. Um, you could take the lefties depending on the lineup. The pools in there. If not, Goodwin. He's been a pleasant surprise, uh, and. Even the kid Rengifo Ren, has been, you know, he's he's got speed and he's been putting the ball in play. So it depends on the lineup, but uh, it appears to be affordable outside of Trout as a full stack. But you're not going to leave Trout off a stack, are you? Nope. I like to be contrarian, but I'm not stupid. Um, Cubs at Seattle, eight and a half total. Cole Hamels, Felix Hernandez, blast from the past. Man, we started with a blast from the past. We end with a blast from the past. Seattle's been really good this season, and I don't know if it's ever going to stop. This this lineup looks really legit. Do we have any interest here in Cole Hamels? 
No, no, not on Cole Hamels. I could see maybe the case for not wanting to full-on stack Seattle because Hamels is a guy that can, you know, still work out of jams. You know, he'll give up his bombs and Seattle will hit them. But I could see a scenario where Seattle doesn't light him up. Um, that being said, I'd be more on the side of the Seattle side of things than playing Cole Hamels. Yeah. Um, any interest in Felix Hernandez? No, no, not not in this spot. Chicago, they're just patient. They're patient, veteran hitting team. Uh, I think Felix might struggle a little bit, and this might be a game that you know maybe hopefully goes overlooked. Uh, again, I'm not excited about stacking either one side, but um, one thing I have noticed with Seattle, they do have a hole in their team, is that the the, the bullpen. You know, I think they have a closer by committee, but you know, later in games after that middle that middle relief portion is, has 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 struggled. So I could see some runs in this game, believe it or not. Yeah, I could see it as well. Um, would not shock me whatsoever. Um, yeah, I was just pulling up to kind of back your thing here because I know Seattle bullpen's been really bad, but I didn't have my relief pitching um, pulled up. But yeah, like just looking at the relief pitching stats, like Seattle ranks in the bottom in a lot of stats, um, bottom 10 in XFIP and, and a lot of stuff that, you know, Baltimore bullpen is, is the worst by far this season. Don't get me wrong. Like they're, they're that bullpen's terrible. Texas is terrible, but. When you rank in the bottom 10 in a lot of stats, like your bullpen's not that good. So, um, and when I'm using bullpen stats, like I'm looking at advanced numbers. I, a lot of people look at like ERA and stuff like that. And I hate that for bullpens. You know, give me, give me the home run per fly ball. Give me all that good, juicy stuff. Um, Chicago bats here. What are we looking at against Felix Hernandez? Uh, I mean, be uh, your, your lefties. You know, uh, you could, you could always, Obviously, still play Chris Bryant. You can play Bias, but um, Schwarber. Hopefully, he's not buried in that lineup. I'd like to see him batting fifth. Um, Rizzo, obviously, uh, the big power bats for 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 the Cubs are the guys that I'd be looking to take against King, King Felix. Yeah, I love Rizzo here. Um, Felix, you know, he's at that point where. We were kind of talking about it a little while ago. Like Felix is at that point; he's just going to throw a ton of sinkers and try to get ground balls. And Rizzo just mashes sinkers. Um, Two hundred twenty-three batted ball events on sinkers since two thousand sixteen. He has a five fourteen wOBA with a three ninety-one ISO. So, um, mashing the sinkers and like he's getting it up to three hundred twenty-six average air distance in that um, range. So, love, love, love Rizzo as a potential one-off here. Uh, Seattle, like I don't want to go out of my way to stack. Seattle here against Hamels, but I think you can realistically play any of the power righties in one-off scenarios, you know, maybe even like twos, threes to maybe, you know, maybe on like a, a, a popular stack of like a Boston stack or something and like just putting in three like Seattle bats or something to be different. If you can afford it. Um, and that's part of it, man. We got Griffin canning. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I mean, hey, it's it just it, it's it's been kind of nice from my perspective because I always like to say, you know, when when it's difficult to stack a team, I like that, and I, you know, started off by saying, you know, I don't really want to stack against Cole Hamels, but I'm probably going to end up 
you know, when it's all said and done with the Seattle stack, just because, like I said earlier with Chicago, the White Sox, um, people are so damn price sensitive these days. And the optimizer or whatever the hell they're using won't spit out, you know, a Seattle or a White Sox stack because of the price. But that creates an opportunity. Um, and we've seen what Seattle's been doing. I mean, have they gone a game, single game this year without a home run? Are they still on that tear? I don't know if they, I don't know if the streak is still going, um, but it was, it was impressive enough. And they're going to hit at least one tomorrow against Hamels. Whether they hit five, I, uh, you know, I can't say for certain. It's one where I, I, I'm just really torn right now, you know, as the, you know, as we're recording this podcast, but don't be surprised if, uh, you know, Seattle ends up, you know, is one of my top stacks just be based on the fact that they're going to be so low owned. Bog's like, you guys use those optimizer things. I'm just going to keep using my pen and paper and my brain. Uh, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite pitcher under 8K on DraftKings to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. Uh, under 8K or 9K? 8K. Oh, boy. I don't even know if there is a pitcher under 8K that will get six strikeouts. You're killing me, Stevie. I was going to say Velasquez. Uh, yeah, of course you were going to say Velasquez. How well, would I go? Uh, I'll be a homer and go with my boy Canning. Of course you take my pick. <laughs> I'm the guest. That's fine. That's why I always let the guests go first. Um, yeah, so you took the guy I want. I don't think there's a ton of options in this range. So I'm going to take Pomerantz. Um, if his stuff is working, I think he can get six strikeouts. He can also walk six guys in the process. Um, over over 8K to score under 15 DK points, who's the guy you're wanting to fade up in this top range? Well, right now, uh, I would I would I would say since we're not factoring weather into this, uh, I would say uh, Hamels. All right, I'm gonna take Paddock. I'm gonna live by my fastball changeup take with the Braves. They're gonna be a team I know I'm gonna have at least one or two stacks of today, and I'm gonna say Chris Paddock does not get there today. Um, over 4,000, your expensive bat to hit a home run can be anybody you want over 4k cores is not on the slate. So everybody is in play today. Give me a guy you got going deep. Give me, uh, give me, yeah, give me, uh, give me Mookie bets. Mookie. I like it. When you got to come on the podcast and you take one of those socks, you know, I like it. Uh, I'm going to take an expensive bat today. I try to try to find guys every once in a while to be a little bit cheaper, but I got Joey Gallo taking uh, Jordan Lyles long today. Um, really, really like Joey Gallo. Again, me and you are on the same page about not being concerned with wind blowing in in Texas. Uh, give me a cheap guy under 4K to get two hits today. Well, I won't say Joe Panic, who almost got there for me uh, last night. But, uh, oh, man, I was not prepared for this segment. Yeah, I totally forgot to send um, you the, the morning grind game. So that, that one's on me. Um, you go first. I'm going to take my boy. You know, when you're rocking the name Stevie, 
you know, you gotta you gotta like it. Um, but I just like the price tag. Like Stevie Wilkerson, twenty three hundred. Uh, that's who I'm gonna take. All right, and it's under four K. Under four K. Yep. For the for the longest time, it was really easy. Can we just take Calhoun every day? Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I'll give me Justin Bohr. I'll be a homer. And this 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 sheet is full of homerism. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Uh, it's uh, Pittsburgh. All right. I'm gonna listen. I've pretty much already said it. I'm gonna fade Paddock and I'm gonna stack Atlanta. So um, give me Atlanta to score six or more runs. Make up for Monday is what we're going to call Tuesday for the Atlanta Braves. Boggs, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Not much, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a good show, and I'm glad you had me on. Yes, sir. It was always, it's always fun talking baseball with you. You played baseball. We get along in that aspect. We have a lot of the same views when it comes to baseball outside of the numbers. So uh, always like having you on. That's going to wrap it up here for morning grind for Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. If everyone crushes, good luck in your contest. We'll see you then.